1: good morning (laughs) I love it good morning everybody (laughs) if you didn't know this is Joshua T. Bergling's Morning Gratitude. Good morning, everybody. We're being heard on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, being seen on YouTube, and of course, Facebook Live. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing? Oh, man. I'm excited about today. I'm really, really excited about today. So, that's freaking Awesome. Uh, We have to phase it out. Anyway, so today I um, I'm going to do my gratitude because I'm extremely grateful for the fact today that I have a home, um, that I have a, a mother who's amazing, and that I have the opportunities that I have and. I'm extremely grateful for that and last night and I and it's so and that's such it is pretty general and it's so easy to be grateful for that but more importantly I'm just again grateful to have a home um, it wasn't too long ago I didn't have one and um, you know in last night after my experience I went to Skid Row and had the opportunity to speak to ages 8 to 14 uh, the kids that were homeless and mothers and fathers that were drug addicts and Um, it was just a, it it was a humbling, humbling experience, um, and got to share a little bit of my story and just try to, you know, offer hope. Um, and it was really, really cool to see these kids that again, if you've ever been to Skid Row in LA, there's nothing like it. Uh, I, have been to, you know, San Francisco and San Diego. They have an area, they have their areas, but Skid Row is like 56,000 people are homeless there and live and uh, and it, it is a whole other world <laughs> to say it lightly and so I was really just inspired by seeing some of these kids who did not have a home who did not have parents who didn't have anything really um, they had hope except hope and sometimes that's all you need to get by and I was really really inspired by them and just really just feeling gratitude for the smallest things or what's you know are not really small they're small to me but I, to other people, they would be huge. So I'm really grateful for that today. Um, I'm really excited about our guest today too. But I want to talk uh, really quick. I got to try something. I haven't done this in forever. But last night or before I went to speak, I met with the owners of Crislin Skincare, and I tried this. I tried this product already in the shower, and it's a golden microdermabrasion product where you can instant instantly lighten, brighten, tighten, and improve wrinkle appearance. So. Kind of cool, so really cool packaging. But they have this other product. It's called Golden Lift, and I don't know if you can see how well you can see it, but it's really really cool packaging. Um, So I'm gonna try it because I've got some freaking wrinkles that I got a front butt like right here. So hold on, I'm gonna get close to the camera so you can see it. So I got some stuff there, and I got some stuff in my eyes. So I'm gonna try to like squeeze this out. I'm gonna try this product. And either it's going to work or it's not so we're gonna put this on so I've got i I'm like very self-conscious of my front butt and uh, I'm gonna see how it does on these wrinkles <laughs> so I don't even know if I'm doing it right because I'm not looking in a mirror but I do have really bad crow's feet because I squint and um, so we're gonna see how well this does there's no smell that's good Um, typically if your skincare smells good, it's not good. Okay. So we're going to see what happens. We're going to check on this in a little bit. Um, if I feel my face squeezing off, I'll let you know, and I'll tell you if it hurts because I have no idea if it will or not, but it's a medical grade skincare line. There's nothing bad in it. It's all like organic, basically, basically plant-based ingredients. So we'll see. We'll see how well it works. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Bonnie. All right, let's get into this. So, again, everybody listening on iHeartRadio and Spreaker, good morning. YouTube, what's up? And, of course, all of you lovely Facebook people, good morning. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, Rachel. Bonnie, wonderful to see you. Let's get into this. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jamie McCormick from Ada, Oklahoma. Hi, guys. How you doing, man? I know. It seems like we first talked like two and a half months ago. (laughs) I know,
2: but no, it does. uh, I've been watching your uh, your shows, keeping up with you, dude. You're doing some some amazing stuff, and I've been excited about this interview more than any other I've been on. It's something about it that's
1: got me. I don't know what, but I'm ready. I man, I appreciate that uh, very much. I, I honestly can't take credit for any of it. It's I've had amazing guests like the Doctor Garcia that's watching right now. Good morning, my friend. Tell your lovely uh, fiance I said hello. Um, well, man, it's good to have you. You're in Ada, right? Uh, Ada, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Man, I've got. A, yes, sir. Ada, Oklahoma. I'm not welcome back in Ada. I have an ex-wife there, and uh, and and I'm not I'm not welcome there. <laughs> so. Uh, well, man, I'll
0: stick
1: up for you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that very much, man. Um, so Jamie, what are you grateful for this morning? Man, I'm grateful. Um, like I was just listening
2: to you for little things. i I can still see and breathe and feel and walk. And I was talking to someone at work last night that some people, the order they get, they think their birthday is just another day. <laughs> I celebrate my birthdays the order I get because it's another year. I'm still here to see and hear people help and laugh. And those are precious things that we always take for granted. Because we think of have all the time in the world. Yeah. And the only enemy that we have is time. It's the only thing running out of us. So we have to use it. You know, I'm ungrateful. I'm here still.
1: Absolutely. I, I love that. What do you do? Um, I work at a psychiatric hospital.
2: Um, I work with people who are depressed and down and, and suicidal and addicted. And I try to... Talk them into looking at things differently. I'm in the same group, like, pretty much all the time, and it's cognitive restructuring. It's changing the way you think. I've heard many motivational speakers say, you know, be positive. Well, it's not that easy. (laughs) And if it's just be positive, hey, we all got that. But everything we say, we do judgment, starts with our thoughts. So I try to get my patients to look at their circumstances in a different view. No one gets depressed or Hold down because of the circumstances or where
1: they have are circumstances. Right. So
2: I, I try to get them at things
1: differently. Good morning, John. Um, in a case, in radio audience, if you're wondering who the heck I'm talking to, I'm talking to uh, the lovely Facebook audience, and you can find us at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude enjoying the conversation. John, great to see you, my man. Um, James, that, that's interesting. I I used to date, for some reason, I don't know why this was... <laughs> But I used to date therapists <laughs> like all the time and I couldn't avoid it. I mean, I would be on match.com and or something like that. And you, you meet somebody and then I find out what they did. And they're, they're a therapist. I'm like, how does this keep happening to me? And, and then also going, you can't be that good of a therapist because you're dating me. I'm crazy. Like, why are you with me? And I just like, what is wrong with you? But the one thing that remained the same with all the therapists that I dated is they were freaking depressed. They would come home from working with their patients and immediately pick up the bottle, get some cigarettes, and just start going at it. Good morning, Dr. Mr. Harris. It, it, yeah. it like, how how do you keep from doing that? Because you're sober, right? Yes,
2: I've been
1: sober for 16 years. Being a therapist would make me want to drink. I, how do you stay Like, how do you keep that stuff that you hear all day, how do you keep it from bringing you down? Well, I do one thing. I'm a single dad.
2: I keep my daughter my focus. I can't bring my work home. My daughter needs me to be a dad. She needs me to be there. She needs me to not be in a bottle, not be these things. And I even tell my patients as I'm talking to them that, guys, I love all of you. I wish you the best. When I walk out these doors, I do forget about you until I come back to work. I don't take it home. You you can't personalize it. Even though I love what I do, um, I think it's one of the most important things that we can do is talk to people, help people, you know, help people.
1: Right. But I can't bring it home. And, I, and over the, the, the years, I don't mean to sound hard, but I've learned to separate myself from that.
2: Yeah. Mahora, this is home. That I don't have to come home and go, oh, that person's depressed, I need to go drinking. No, and. And like I'm sure you do, I wake up every day and think of something I'm grateful for. Right. And as soon as I get out of bed, I have the a, 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 a first 15 minutes to set your tone for the entire day. So I think of my daughter. I think of what I have to do for school. I think of, you know, what I have to do to, to, to prepare to come on.
1: You show. Know, you know, I think of other things besides work. Right, right. that. That's how I do it. How old's your daughter? Uh, she'll be 16 in May. 16 in May. Wow. What were you doing when you were 16?
2: I was uh, living in Indiana at the time. Um,
1: I moved to Oklahoma between the days of 16 and 17. Boomer Sooner. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I had just gotten out of uh,
2: four agents there, and my mom was married to a guy who was a honey guy, so we moved to uh, Oklahoma, opened up a honey lodge between Ada and Allen, Oklahoma. Wow. And i uh, I was just and you know, I had a lot of imagination I wanted to be a rock star That was my dream my long hair, I, was, I was going to do it As we can see that
1: It turned out you know, but <laughs> It's all a dream right? Dude I totally see you You I totally see you with um James What is he from Metallica The lead singer When he had long hair You look like him You look like him With this haircut You have the same goatee And everything yeah. I totally see that that's that's awesome, dude. So, what instrument did you play, or do you play? Uh, I played this one. Oh, look at that axe! This is a Silvertone Apocalypse. It actually got has Paul Stanley's signature on the back. End. Shut the front door.
2: Stan has his signature
1: on the bass guitar since so G. Simmons is the one who plays bass. But, you know, it's all for money when you get that big. Anyhow, I play bass. Yeah, it, that's what I do. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. it. How funny. When I was a kid, I used to dream. like my, my sister, my sisters and I, we would dance on the back of chairs. And, and when like Van Halen's Jump, 1984, Van Halen. And we'd jump and... And and Panama and just and oh we would just rock out oh my gosh it was that was so much fun that was so much fun but I always dreamed about being a lead singer good morning Michelle hey Jordan what's up Bradley my man what's up yeah everyone's gonna want you to play this by the way are you hooked up to an amp Um, I am hooked up to an
2: amp
1: well okay before the show ends you're gonna play please that would be amazing Um, yes awesome I love it when people play music on the show um so okay so you're doing that but I from our conversations you have other aspirations you have other things in life that you want to do share with the audience what that is
2: well I want to help as many people as I can before I draw my last breath obviously being a rock star didn't work out Um, I was a national show
0: dog champion when I was a teenager
2: that didn't pan out for various reasons and I used to pray to God that all I had was music and martial arts I was like God use these that's all I have I didn't realize that working at the hospital, I had something else that actually fulfilled me, that actually helped people. I've had patients say that if I could take my words and put them on a CD, they would listen to it in their car. That's what got me interested. I've got something to say. I've got to get it out. And my aspiration is to help as many people look at life differently. We have to understand life's not happening to us. It's happening for
0: us. Concept that we're not fighting for
2: victory, Joshua. We're fighting for a position of victory. We already have it, but we just forgot that along the way. Um, growing up, we are taught different things in school, but what we mainly learn in school is what we can't do. We're <laughs> things,
0: we're talking about facts, right? Yeah. So we get who we are along the way we stay reminded. You're a child
2: of God. You are this. You are that. You can do this because you have it in you already. I want to teach people that from the moment that we're born, our spirit wants to succeed. We want to be all that we can be. I don't know if anybody wants to be depressed or be addicted, I don't know if anybody, you know, wants bad things to happen. But we all want to be successful. We, we yearn for that. And I want to get people back on that track to remember who they are, to remember why we're here. And it's not just to live and pay bills. We, we've all done that. It's, it's so much more than that. I want them to look at life in a different way that's and my main aspiration.
1: How many people have you put a number on it yet? How many people do you uh, want to help?
2: Uh, I know saying everybody's a cliche. And I know you can't change the world uh, for everybody, but for the one person, if you change the world one person, you've done a good job. Because everyone that we meet, Joshua, I believe that we are mentoring, go to a bad way. Sure. And we say something to someone else. That they'll say to someone
0: else, hey, I've just indirectly influenced something. Mm-hmm. directly influenced millions of people not even knowing
2: it. Your show, dude, people speak about it. You know, the people watching you're influencing, but the people that they tell about your show, you're influencing many, many more, but probably not even aware of it.
1: Wow, that's cool. For, the, for me, I don't have a number, just whoever I can talk to. Basically, I
2: was, I was watching a Warren's Bathroom moments this morning, and a guy said, uh, he'll talk to whoever listens. I not how I... Where I get to listen, that's from one
1: more me. Let's talk. <laughs> I I put a number on it because I I I heard somebody talk about the importance of doing that, and it just made sense. And of course, the exact reason there was somebody that wanted to feed a billion people. Well, it's the Feed a Billion organization, um, which is an incredible organization. I went, I was at an event that they were uh, sponsoring this weekend, and and that for me really inspired me to really clarify my vision about wanting to take this show all over the world like go to different cities work with different organizations go to london go to australia new zealand go to china tokyo i want to go to russia germany south africa africa like i want to go in brazil i want to go all of those places and work with local communities and different organizations and then start working with the governments there because my ultimate goal is to get to the UN and start making changes there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm meeting. I actually have a meeting um, as soon as this show's over with somebody that is going to help me get there. So I'm, wow. I'm awesome. determined to have. And I know I won't meet a billion people. But I want to change a billion lives. I, yeah. th- that is my, that's my magic number for me. But, and everyone has their own process, but like for you, I know you have such a, you have such a heart for people. And I love that about you. Um, and we've had, you know, multiple conversations and, you know, and I've just like, I really feel like this guy can have an impact on the world. And here's the thing, you're in freaking Ada, Oklahoma. And most people listening don't even know what that is and you're going to do it. So that means if you don't know where this guy is, that means it's not a major popula- you know, it's not a place with a major population, but yet this guy's wanting to change the world. Yeah. yeah. So that means wherever you're at, you can do the same thing. And that's the beauty of technology. It allows for that to happen, and that's where you can get started. I dig that. So do you have aspirations of speaking, writing. Tell us about that.
0: They, they,
2: they've asked me if, if I do this professionally. I said no. They, they tell me I should. I kind of blow it off. <laughs> then I had a co-worker say, man, you do really good groups. You need to do more. And I was like, all right, cool, kind of blew it off. But then I kept hearing more from patients and co-workers. One patient said that I should write a book. And I was like, huh, don't know about that. So everything that I'm doing now is because my patients have pushed me in this direction. When that one patient said that if I put words on a CD, she'd listen to it in her car,
1: that's what got me. Wow.
2: <laughs> Degrees, and and They say that I tell them stuff that makes it relatable, that they actually believe they can do it. And I told them, I said, I'm not fully really educated. I, I don't, you know, I wasn't taught to think this way to get a degree. I just, uh, I just, uh, I'm a guy that wrecked his life.
1: I learned some lessons. Here they are. Let's not do them again. <laughs> you know? Ah, uh, you can do all things in which Christ strengthens Absolutely. you. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. so really quick, uh, Trevor says, inspiring. I feel sad. I'm not making an impact and I try so hard to make a difference in people's lives. Oh, I bet you're making an impact, man. You just, sometimes it doesn't, you don't get to see it. Uh, Marissa says, good morning. You both are truly a beautiful example of what a God fearing man should look like. Their needs is to be, there needs to be more people like you in the world. God bless. Well, God bless you. Good morning, Heidi, Bonnie. Good to see you. Bradley. And Michelle what's up Um, so okay so I I like that and your patience and look and if you're reaching them just think about how many more people that you can reach on the outside and 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 I I truly love that Um, that you like that that's got to be inspiring those and that didn't happen by accident you know that they're there telling you that and so now it's just like now you got to take action and you're taking action but tell us an example Give us an example of basic of like an ultimate failure or tell us how you hit that rock. I hate the word rock bottom because I've hit like 25 of them Um, and I'm just really hard headed. But like that time where you were just down and done and you said, that's it. No more. I'm going to turn my life around and go this way. But tell us how that happened.
2: There were a lot of things that led up to me being an addict. I wasn't peer pressured into it. Um, I had a friend that I was hanging out with. And he had a boss who had a house in Texas. who was getting a driveway built. And he uh, asked me if I wanted to go. with him to check on the destructive driveway? I said, sure. I'm so sitting at his table. He walks by and he goes, you want some? And he threw it over my head and hit the table. And it was a mm. I went, huh.
0: cool. Oh, God. I tried it.
2: I didn't know anything about it. Oh. And he walked off. So was no one around to peer pressure me, right? So I just did it. And then it was a year and a half before I did it again. that it got, food. you know, how it was it was more and more. I'm a bone junkie. Um, I think I'm so cool uh-huh. and all this. And but what got me is uh, 2001. Um, my ex-girlfriend called me and she said, Hey, I'm pregnant and I'm leaving you for your best friend. And I was high on meth and coke when she said it. And when she hung up, Joshua, I was standing in my living room with a phone in my hand. I had no friend. You just heard the story. I had no ex or, or, or no girlfriend, a child on the way, and I'm addicted to drugs. I'm standing alone in my living room. Oh, my goodness. What do I do? So here's what I did. I did three things. First thing I did is I went in my, bed, in my bathroom, I looked in my mirror, and I and, and, and what I saw back, I actually, for the first time in a long time, I saw the problem. It was me. First time, I recognized it. Now, all my years of martial arts, I was never a big man, but I was toned. I was tight, right? Mm -hmm. Working out, exercising. When I looked in that mirror, Joshua, my eyes were black, cheeks were sunken, my hair was greasy, my skin was shiny. I didn't look like a martial artist or any kind of an athlete.
0: I looked like a junkie. Mm -hmm. But I said to myself, out loud, I said, man, in
2: nine months, a child's coming into this world. It's yours. Something has to change. And I knew that something had to be. Because I knew that my daughter was going to be the mother just like she was going to be the dad. My dad was never around. I never knew him. I mean, heck, he was dead six years. I didn't even know he was dead. How do you not know your was dead? You know? So um, I knew to do the opposite of what my dad did, and I'd be okay. But the three things I did I made a decision. That night, I was going to start going to church. So I was 31 years old at the time. I'm 47 now. 31 years alive, doing it my way got me addicted to drugs with a kid on the way. So I had to do something. The only thing I hadn't done, Joshua, I had done the drinking the drugs, the buying one-night stands, the rock I'd done all this. I did the drugs. The kid, on the way. So I started going to church, first thing I did. Second thing I did is I kept my daughter, my focus. That was my rehab. That was my way to quit. I just cultured all. I did rehab, I didn't draw, I just stopped. It was meth and cocaine. And uh, the third thing I did is I stopped hanging around with friends. Who did drugs? My daughter's sixteen. And I have friends that haven't met They're like, well, "Why don't you bring your daughter over? Why don't you stop doing drugs?" I'll bring her over. So I did those three things. But that's my rock bottom when I when I had no friend and I was just sitting there with the phone in my hand. I don't know what to do. God, serious so, uh, life choices. Dude, I uh, you know?
1: so I I that that amazes me that don't, this is going to sound really awful. But it amazes me that your daughter was enough to break your addiction. I mean, like, you know what I mean? And and obviously your relationship with God. But I mean, holy crap, man! I I oof. That 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 amazes me because I I just the the, the way that drugs spoke to me. <laughs> it 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 wasn't enough. Nothing was enough. My mother's love wasn't enough. Nothing was enough to get me to stop. But I also and wanted to die, I'm, so
2: I'm, and I'm convinced then that, that guy gave me my daughter to save my life. Uh, I'm convinced of that. Wow. You know, and and she's just gorgeous. She was just like Molly Burdy.
1: <laughs> Does she have a goatee? Yeah. Uh no, I got given shape. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My bad. So tell me about your morning tell me about your morning routine because I'm obsessed with mine and I always like hearing about people's routines.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Well I try to get up at five o'clock. I've had to miss it lately because i hold pulled a muscle in my back and a chiropractor taking me up and adjusting me and cracking me and stuff. Oof. But I try to get up at five o'clock, go to the gym with a buddy, uh we, we work out. And on the days I don't have to go to work at, at in the morning, I come back, i Prayer time, I, I sit, meditate, and I try to make plans. I try to write stuff down. Because I've heard one time that any goal without a plan is just
1: a wish. It's right. just a dream. So I try to make some plans out.
2: I'm going to contact with schools. I'm going to contact. And I do that first thing in the day. Because if I don't do the day, I won't get it done later. In the day. This,
1: and, then, and it'll end up just being a waste of day. Right. So I work, I pray, and I go to work,
2: and, and talk to my people, my coworkers, and me and dad.
1: Start. That's awesome, man. It's awesome. Man. Um, well, man, I'm really excited for you. I, um, I, I, I really think I love your message, and I, I mean, I can definitely see you on stage, see you writing some books, and I see you changing people's lives all over the world, man. I think it's awesome. Brother,
2: that's the plan. I know beyond a doubt that all the successes in my life, man, that's not been by any human hand. Whatsoever. I can look back on my life, throw my drugs, time I should have been beat up or killed or, or just OD'd or something. And I can tell you, man, God has him on my life for this purpose
1: right here. You know, that's so fu- you, that? God, that is something I I think about too, because you know, multiple times that I, I know of that I should have died and I yeah. knew I was dying and didn't. And it was always like I knew God was there the whole time. Yes. And I, I knew it. I, I, and it was, I can't say that it gave me any peace, <laughs> like, but I knew he was there. And I never had those moments of where are you? Where are you? It was a mo- the moment was, why can't I change? Like that was the big thing for me. And it took, as I've shared before, the sixth day, though the sixth time in jail, in isolation my shouting match with god screaming at him why won't you change me you can change everybody else why won't you change me and you know and then that's when i heard you need to forgive your father yeah i mean because it was a deep-seated yeah. rage that i still had for him um
2: yeah you, you release everything
1: yeah god I'm, I, I'm, I'm inspired by you, man. I love, I love what you're doing. I love your message. And I'm, just, I'm really grateful that you came on the show today. Um, but I'm w- you asked me a couple months ago. Dude. I was excited to see what you asked. Oh, man, really cool. I'm glad that you did, man. Um, so will you play? Yeah. Will you rock out? Sweet. You guys share this video, please. He's about to jam out. Let's get him a freaking recording contract. What?!
2: It's got mix, yeah, see this little mix on it right there? Yeah. $100, that's what I got
1: this guitar for. I put some freaking spray paint over it. The scratch is gone.
2: Uh, ah, no, man, it's it's all the scratch marks.
1: Yeah, that too, that works. Alright, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hear Yo, yeah. My dad played the bass. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I don't have one. You don't have one? No. I I love the, like the only metal I listen I don't even listen really, but I love Tool, but that's but I don't I just listen to a little bit of everything. Heck, I was listening to the new Saude album this morning. <laughs> just all over the place, man. I love Kings of Leon's old stuff, but I don't like their new stuff. I just yeah. like I'm all over the place. No, no, not at all. Not at all.
2: All right,
1: this is something I wrote. It's called uh Welcome to Tranquility. Ooh, nice. Mellow song, yeah. But it's just real mellow, Yes, they do, Treasure. not on this show I like that man. I, so if I can real quick, that's what most
2: people's bases normally sound like, right?
1: Yeah. Ooh. Okay, mine, Ooh. sounds like this. Woo. Damn. Wow. Yep, pretty much bullshit, man.
2: I'm a huge motorhead fan. That's lead that's a lot of
1: distortion in this Oh, Oh, that's nasty. Ooh, I love that. Oh. That's filthy, dude. I love it, man. Well, hey, for coming on the show, uh, for coming on the show, I'm going to give you a giraffe. And it'll be right at home in Ada.
2: Man.
1: Yeah, so uh you can't give it away and you can't sell it. What are you gonna do with it? Keep it in my yard. <laughs> are you drinking beer? No water. Oh <laughs> that was like that looks like beer. It's like it's awfully early for beer. Uh I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> well, listen, man, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And uh I you're welcome back anytime, brother. All right, man. God bless you. See you, man. I right, love you too, brother. See ya. Ah, oh, that's freaking rad. Okay, so skincare report. Hold on. I-, I can't really tell, but my front butt's gone. It's not as bad. Huh. I can't see. Let me look at the other one. You know what? I think it kind of worked. Forehead is not as bad. Hmm. I gotta play with this. I'm not ready to give it a full report yet because I don't want to like I don't want to destroy my credibility about a skincare product. So I gotta go look in the mirror. Um, anyway, hey, thank you guys so much for watching today. Trevor, Michelle, Bonnie, Trisha, Bonnie, Michelle, good to see you guys. Lauren, awesome to see you, Mister Harris, the world's greatest coach. And uh, yeah, God bless, Marissa. Thank you so much, Heidi. Wonderful to see you. You guys have a wonderful day today. I am out of here.
0: For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro colored bark mulch from the Home Depot. Now three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden. Not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro colored bark mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.